Good evening. Well, afternoon. Um, Charleston, this is Grace McNally, and you are listening to Travel Notes, a show where we use music as a medium to explore ways in which we are all connected. If you're listening on the air, thanks for tuning in at this special time, uh, three o'clock on a Thursday. We will also be re-airing this episode every Monday at 5 p.m. on OM Radio, Charleston's community-supported radio station, 96.3 FM. It is my great, great pleasure to be introduce you to Michela Mussolino, who is our guest today, and she's a world folk singer and musician. She sings music from Sicily and Southern Italy, and she's performed around the world and currently lives in Memphis, Tennessee. Welcome, Michela. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. Um, so we're going to dive in and really just explore all the ways in which like what Sicilian folk music is. Um, personally, I'm very excited about exploring this as my grandma's from Sicily and I honestly have never even explored the musical tradition or I don't know anything about the culture that much except for the food. The food's always been a big part. <laughs> as you can... For a treat. Yeah. Part of the pleasure of making this music is, is doing just that, is connecting people to their roots. That's a, it's a really... Um, it's a really happy thing to do. So tell me about your roots to Sicily and how you got started playing the, the music. I um, what my my family, my grandparents immigrated from Sicily, actually, and one of my grandpas actually came from Calabria. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a very typical Italian American upbringing, Southern Italian in northern New Jersey, um, which is like Italy, you know, Guinea Central. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. I was immersed in a language that probably didn't exist anymore in Italy. I was immersed in the dialect. I was immersed in a culture um, that was uh, kind of like a hybrid culture. You know, it was it was a culture that came from decades before uh, that probably hadn't changed in a couple hundred years, but it was crashing into American culture, but it was making like a third culture. It wasn't quite Italian. It wasn't quite American. It was something other. Wow. And... Um, I had heard, you know, music, there was music, we were always immersed in music, but as I got older, I started to understand that um, there was a couple different kinds of Italian music. There was like the Italian music we would hear on the radio, there was this popular music, but there were other music, there was other music that had, it was kind of like in the background, it was music that, it was like bubbling under the surface, and that was the folk music, and then as an adult, uh, when I would go into when I before that before becoming an adult when I would go to Sicily with my dad when I was a young girl, um, we tried to look for Sicilian music. It was hard to find. We didn't know where to actually look for it in Sicily, believe it or not. Um, and we got very typical what was considered Sicilian music. But as an adult, I started learning about actual folk music and folk traditions, and I started researching it. And I was performing for a group in New York City by just by chance. I took a workshop with them on folk dances. Uh, di Piazza, and I started. They asked me to audition. I started performing for them. Then I started researching on my own. And I said, There's a whole world here, and I started meeting people. And then I left the group after a short period, and I went off on my own because my daughter was little, and I just wanted to meet my daughter. I didn't want to spend time, you know, sure. working for. Other but I kept up the research. I kept going back to Sicily, and this whole world opened up. Um, with folk music and I, I learned where it is and I learned that it's, it's very prevalent. And it's also through the years, through the ensuing decades, it's become even more mainstream and more prevalent, which I find truly heartening um, because the young generation has really taken this up, which mm. is wonderful. Folk music since 19, I would say since like the 1970s, Italy, folk music always has a revival like every 10 years. And that's totally. all through Italy, not just in Sicily, all throughout Italy. And it's really been consistent, I'd say for the last, more than 15 to 20 years it's been very consistent and it's growing and growing and growing which that makes me really happy because it's it's beautiful music it's music that connects us and it's uh it's nice to see that it's not uh it's not fading away it's very vibrant it's still it's still something that's very much alive and growing totally what do you think it is about folk music and maybe particularly Sicilian folk music that is causing it that people are getting interested in it again and it's coming back and having this revival 
a lot of integrity in that music. And it's also, it's, it's a music that is really appealing to that which connects us to each other. Mm-hmm. And it's like from the responses that I've seen from people in my shows, even if they have no connection to this music, they say, you know, this is, you know, I feel this, I, I understand this. Um, it's touched something inside me. It's touched my soul. And the songs and the music, it deals with things that, and topics that we all can approach. We all understand. It's very human. Mm. Um, the, there's almost a bit of a magic in this music in the sense that typically these are songs that have been passed down for a couple generations, mm. hundreds of years. Some go back to antiquity in, in some form or another. And with each person, uh, my theory on this is always that with each person that sings these songs or performs these songs or passes them on, they add a little bit of something of themselves in it. So by the time we find these songs in modern times, there's so much humanity in them. There's so much history in them that it appeals to just such a broad spectrum of people. And we can all relate to these emotions mm-hmm. on a level. And it's, it's, a, it's also about community. This music's very much about community, um, making it in community, listening to it in community, enjoying it in community. So it, 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 it brings you together. It's, it's really very unifying, which I, I love that. It, it, it welcomes you. And we, um, again, I always talk about this too, like in Sicily, um, you're not related to somebody. They don't ask you, who are you related to? They ask you, who do you belong to? Oh, wow. So there's a sense of belonging and this music makes you belong. And like I said, it's really wonderful to connect people that it's their, it's their heritage. You know, this is your tradition. But there's also this sense of belonging. And people that don't even have roots in Sicily, they feel that. They feel that welcoming. They feel that, that sense of community. And I think that's the most wonderful thing about this music, that there's that appeal that just, it just transcends time. It transcends culture. Um, another reason, too, that Sicilian music is so appealing is that there was such a mashup of cultures in Sicily. Mm, yes. That there's a bit of every kind of culture that settled and conquered and came into Sicily in this music. So there's there's something very multifaceted about it. That's like, um, like almost like remember those puzzles the little babies have where there's like you do a piece on each side that's a different shape. It's almost yeah. like that. Everybody can fit into this somehow. There's something yeah. for who well, who are some of those cultures? Um, my grandma always would talk about that. She's like, well, everyone came through Sicily. <laughs> It was, Sicily was very strategic. We're strategically located in the Mediterranean. Plus, it was very verdant. Oh, it was fertile. It was, it was, mm. a, it was the, the, the bread, you the bread basket of ancient Rome because that's where Rome grew all their, their wheat and their fruits. Interesting. Um, so you had you had the, the northern uh, northern Africans, you had the Arabs, the Moors. Um, you had uh, the Greeks. Uh, Sicily is part of the Magna Grecia, that part of the Mediterranean that was completely colonized by, by the Grecians. Um, you had ancient peoples, the Sicanis and the Sicelis. They were like, they predated even the Greeks. Um, you had the, I don't even know how to say it, the Hohenstaufens. You had all these different dynasties of Europe coming in. Wow. So you had the Swiss coming, you had the Germans, you had the Austrians, um, the House of Savoy. You had um, the French came into Sicily, the Spanish. The Spanish occupied Southern Italy for 500 years. So, um, you know, there's a, a lot of, uh, Sicilian language, it can sound Spanish, it can sound Greek. Mm-hmm. Um, there's pockets in Sicily that were settled by the Albanians when they had to escape Albania. So they, they've held on to that language. And it's it's not even a Sicilian dialect, it's Albanian, you know. Um, so you have all this and mixture in Sicily. I was, um, I, I mean, it's just about every culture possible came through Sicily at some time and left something. You had the, the Normans. So they were a combination of right northern French and Vikings. Wow. They were they were they were a dynasty for um uh what was it the in the in the first the first millennia they were a dynasty in Sicily. So it's just been um such an amazing uh, amalgam. I really know and I have a I often have a chance to go into to universities and talk to the students there. Mm. And I try to explain like what Sicily was like. I said, you have to understand something about Sicilian culture too. I said, we're really, you know, to compare it's you can kind of compare it a little bit to America where we have all these different people coming to our country. I said, but the reality is people are coming here, they're migrating to our country, right? They're immigrating to America, right? And it's very much they get on a plane mm-hmm. and they 
buy a ticket, they get on a plane, they, they, they cross the border. And they're coming usually because they want to, or maybe economically they have to. I said, but the difference with Sicilian cultures, you had a lot of people that were just invading. <laughs> you had cultures that really nobody wanted them there and they kind of fucked their way in. I said, but in spite of that, in spite of that brutality, I said, here it's kind of, you know, it's, it's happy, especially when young people are like, this is great, I'm moving to America now. Yeah. Um, I said, they didn't have that in Sicily. You had a lot of, you had a lot of marauders coming. Pirates, you know, that was a big thing. It was, you know, invaded by pirates up until the 1800s. Cool. Um, but in spite of that brutality, this mm -hmm. this crashing and mixing of cultures created something so beautiful and so unique. So it's it's really, um, it's something very, very unique in the world that it, that you have that. Yeah, no kidding. And even something beautiful came about, you know. Oh yeah. So this, so the folk music, where was it played in Sicily? Like what kind of events did they perform it at? Or was, yeah, you know, where would you find it? Or do you find it? It, it used to be very much a thing in, in, uh, in Masidia, we would say like in your house, you would play in your family, at your family parties, that kind of thing. There were still feast days that pertain to certain, uh, certain rituals of music mm -hmm. that were, that were, but what's been happening now is that, and again, in the, in the last few decades, it's become so much more prevalent, is that there are festivals now that focus on folk music. Cool. Um, a, lot of festivals, a lot of festivals for, the, for the, the feast days that are big events, they'll have folk bands now too, um, which is really wonderful because, you know, a lot of times, not just in Sicily, but all over Italy and, and throughout Europe, like a lot of times you want to go hear music and you're hearing American music because they think it's great, you know. Um, we like foreign music and they like foreign music too, but we're their foreign music. Um, so something that was very much in community, it was very much something that, you know, the folk music once upon a time, it was just done pretty much inside within the realm of your own celebrations within your family or your immediate um, social circle. Now it's becoming something that's much more out in the open and something that's much more public. Um, you know, yeah. some, some of these traditional songs that, that we've re-elaborated and we play them at festivals now. Some of these songs were just for work. They were just to help to make the workday pass and to make this backbreaking labor more bearable, you know. But now we've made it something that you can dance to. We've made it uh, yeah. you know, have fun with, so. That seems to be a pattern uh, from just talking with people about different styles. Like, it seems like work songs and, like, music coming from, you know, I know a lot of our here in the South, um, the songs sung on plantations were the beginnings of like our hymns and gospel music and which became, you know, blues and much more. And so it's, it's interesting where, where music is, is born, you know, and conceived. It's that, that idea like those, the, those um, traditions that come from the, you said from the plantations here in the South, but remember that, that goes back, that goes back to antiquity because that, People, that's what people used to do once upon a time when they worked, they, they, when they labored, they sang in unison. And it was, it was a tool. It was another tool that they had that could help them pass the day. And it was a way to communicate too. Um, so, you know, we, we might trace these back, some of these songs, maybe we trace them back to like the 1800s, 1700s, but re the reality is there's some kind of root in there yeah. that goes back further, which is really amazing. And it, and it crosses cultures too. That's the, the cool thing. Like, yeah. People all around. We don't sing when we work anymore. We right. Do we that. should do that. We should bring that back. <laughs> That's my job. But, um, but, you know, people up until we were able to plug ourselves in totally and, and like shut ourselves off now. Mm -hmm. We're so vigilant about how we listen to music. Music was really a community event. Such and, a good point. It's so true. Yeah. I think about yeah. like in church, you know, everyone's singing together. But that's like one of the few times I feel like in modern day life that you can unless you're seeking it out like joining a choir or something but to really like just in a public space a sing but even, yeah even in church music and i'm coming from I'm, I'm talking from my experience like from southern italian roman catholic even church music you know now it's it's pretty much the same thing we go to church now and there is either a choir or there is you know one cantor that we and we follow them but church music and up until not that long ago, and they still have these traditions in Southern Italy where, you know, um, there were specific songs that different uh, confraternities would sing for these feast days. And sometimes mm -hmm. it was, um, 
groups singing the songs back and forth. So it was very engaging. It wasn't just, you know, it wasn't a passive way to enjoy music. It was very much, um, you know, complete participation. Right. And, well, it's like almost like, uh, I don't want to say competition, but it got to be like the little, like, you know, going back and forth, one group singing from the other and call and answer kind of thing. Yeah, call and response. Um, yeah. This so speaking of feast days, you have the first song. I'd love to give people a taste of Sicilian folk music and some of your music. Um, this was a song. I'm gonna really try my best, and please help, like help me and correct me. Tav, <laughs> tavulia, no, tavula rimorti. Tavula rimorti. It means the table of the dead. Table of the dead. Table of the dead. <laughs> and tell me about what the feast day is for this one. Um, it's a feast. It's the feast is November second. It's the feast of All Souls Day, uh, day after All Saints Day. Mm-hmm. And Sicily, it's um, it's an it's a it's a I guess we would consider it a minor feast day in our church in the Roman Catholic Church. But in Sicily, it's something special because it's a day when they honor the departed loved ones. Mm. And um, my father made sure that we always celebrated this feast day. Because there's special cookies that you eat. They look like bones. They call them ossa di morte. They look like bones of the dead. Um, they're little sugar paste statues that you get as a gift. The little kids receive them as a gift from um, their departed loved ones. And my dad used to say when they were kids, he said, you know, Christmas was really a religious holiday for them. They didn't really get gifts on Christmas. But that was, the gifts came on November 2nd. And it was from your dead relatives that you got mm. these little sugar paste. Um, but there was a tradition that really struck me. In Sicily, on November 2nd, families go to either the, the cemetery or they go to the family crypt and they can make a picnic. That's part, that's a tradition. So this idea of this um, this party, if you're the celebration between the living and the dead, just stayed in my head. And I said, someday I got to make a song about it. So I took a couple traditional melodies and traditional patterns of song, um, a balletto and a, and a lament, and I kind of mashed them together. And I made another tarantella out of it. Um, and it was one of the first projects I did here when I got to Memphis, and I thought it was really fun because it was another way to show how you know I've taken these old melodies and these old and some of these phrases come from old chants too in the song, um, talking about this party, this this feast between the living and the dead, and, and what we would have there, you know, how much fun we'd have, um, and we put you know some kind of Memphis spin on it. So it's 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 how folk music evolves, right? It's like with everybody that sings it, every generation, everybody puts something else into it to uh, to keep it rolling along, I guess. So that's what this is. That's so beautiful. I'm so excited to listen to it. And this is just a side note. My birthday is actually November 2nd. And I always, uh, <laughs> I always oh. joked, yeah, it's a sobering day, you know? It's like, oh, yay, birthday, but also Day of the Dead. So it's like... But it's like, you know, that's another thing too. It's like, it's... We have this idea, especially because it's around Halloween here mm-hmm. in the U.S. And I think um, Anglican country, like English-speaking countries, have this idea of this macabre. This, this, yeah. Uh, but in for Catholic countries, it's really um, it's very um, it's yes, it is solemn because you have all saints, but it's also very much a celebration. You're celebrating yeah. the saints that you're celebrating those that passed on before you. So there's a, a joy in it too, which which I like that too. It, it takes away from the, the creepy crawly stuff and it makes everything happen. Like a know? celebration. Yes. I love that. I love the visual of like a picnic, you know, having a picnic in a cemetery with your celebrating your loved ones, like almost sharing a meal with them in remembrance. Um, here is, so everyone, this is going to be, this is Tabula Rimorti by Michela Mussolino. I hope you enjoy. Oh, mm-hmm. 
Armi santi, muy atrisiti tanti. Armi santi, armi santi, si te apriso a nui atri. Putamburo e chitarra, facciamo una sonata. Cantiamo canzonetti alla tavola rimorti. Wow, that was awesome. This was um, the song Tavula Rimorti by Michela Mussolino. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ohm Radio, Charleston's community-supported radio station. This is Travel Notes. I'm your host, Grace McNally, and I'm chatting with Sicilian folk artist Michela Mussolino about her music, the story, and the uh, tradition behind Sicilian folk music. And um, that was the first track. What a What a really... What were you saying there in the middle of the song? Um, the Almost what like, I start saying is I, I have to think. Of, <laughs> I wrote the. I have to remember um, when I come back at the end, where mm-hmm. where I sing "Armi Santi, Armi Santi, Armi Santi, Armi Santi, Puiatri Siti Tanti," and "Armi Santi, Armi Santi, Siti Apriso Nuiatri." That's a kid's nursery rhyme, and what they're saying is "Blessed Souls." Uh, it's like a little chant, and they say "Blessed Souls." Um, there's so many of you, um, and blessed souls, blessed souls, stay near to us. So, um, because in, in Sicilian culture, um, when somebody, when your loved ones die, you still communicate with them very readily. Mm-hmm. They're not in the physical world. We don't have that physical life with them anymore. But there's this constant connection, this constant idea of communication. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I remember as a kid, my, well, my, you know, my mother's and my, uh, my, excuse me, my mother and my aunts and my dad, my uncles. Well, there was somebody who said, "Oh, you know what? I had a dream last night. Uh, Aunt so and so came to us. I had a dream. Pop came to us. A dream. Did you get a message? I got a message." So there's that kind of idea with that little chant. Like, there's so many of you stay close to us. And then when I come back after that, I say, with you know, with drum and with guitar, we we're singing and we're gonna make all these songs for you. And I say, I say things in the song like. Um, uh, you know, 
let's get, you know, everybody get ready um, because we're going to have a party. We're going to invite all our, our departed loved ones. <laughs> let's set the table. Everybody's here. Everybody's welcome. I said, there's going to be, you know, we have wine and bread, but we're going to have good counsel too, because, you know, that's, there's this idea too in Sicilian culture that they give you advice, mm -hmm. you know, guide um, and I said, you'll never be alone as long as you have these, these blessed souls around you. And so those are all the things I say in that song. Wow. That's so, that's so cool. Um, you said you wrote this right when you got to Memphis. No, actually I wrote this song. What happened was this song was a long time in coming. Oh, um, what happened was because I, um, as I said, I always grew up with this tradition about, you know, how, and, and again, that's something, you know, the, the, um, like Mexicans have their day of the dead. And obviously sure. because we that Spanish connection, that's why you know, we have a day of the dead. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not a very mainstream, you know, this idea that death is not, you know, is not the end. This idea that death is not necessarily macabre. You know, right. Death is still a comfort. Um, I always feel very different in approach. And crazy thing, a few years ago, I started going to Italy in November, which I had never in my life been to Italy except from May to August. <laughs> Mm. in November and it was such a different atmosphere and I did some things that I had never done before and I finally went into the catacombs which I had been avoiding them my whole life mm -hmm. memories started coming up and this, that's when I, I was in the catacombs in Palermo with a dear friend of mine musician Michele Piccione and we were talking about that tradition about having the picnic in the catacombs and that's when I'm like I gotta put this down and just like and I started little by little and I kept putting it aside and then um, when I got to Memphis, I'm like, you know what, this has to finish. I have to finish this and do something. And, um, a dear friend of mine here in Memphis, Mario Monteroso is a, a producer and a guitarist. And I, I called him one day and I said, listen, I got this song and help me, you know, finish the arrangement on it. And he's like, I'll be there in five minutes. <laughs> and then you know, we'll record it. He's playing the guitar in that next thing I'm recording it. Um, so that was really the first big project here that we, we released, I released it on November 2nd. I'd only been in Memphis a couple um, months. Uh, so it was, uh, it was like a nice inauguration. I think it was like a nice way to honor the ancestors when I got down here too. Sure. Kind of a full circle. Um, it took a long time to come out. It was in my head. I'm like, and it was this kind of thing in the back of my head. You got to do this. You got to do this. Yeah. Uh, well, um, I'd love to dive into another song here. And then I, I really do also want to dig into a little bit of your experience kind of being between the two worlds of like Sicily and then also living in Memphis. Um, so I'm going to go ahead. Let's see the next one we had lined up here. Tira, the Tira. Oh my gosh. I'm going to let. How's it? Pull my little mule. It's, um, it's also sometimes this is called. Canto d'amore del, del carattieri, the love song of the carter. So a man that would drive a cart with a mule. It comes from this uh, tradition that um, they were like the old time, they were, in Sicily, these guys that would you know, drive carts around the island, carry goods. They were like truckers, really, if you think about it. Um, but what happened, what they did is these guys, if they were working, they would sing and they would sing it, especially at night. Um, it would keep them awake. It would keep them from feeling, you know, scared and lonely. And they became so good at singing. Mm. They developed a style of singing. And they used to have competitions. The, the Carters, the Caritieri, they would have competitions. So a lot of different songs are called Canto di Caritieri, and they're in a, a specific style. And this is a song that's actually, it's a folk song. It's a traditional folk song, but it's in honor of them. And he's saying, you know, I He's talking to the mule as he's, that's really what he's doing. He's talking to the mule as he's going. He's like, you know, pull my little mule. Um, and one of the lines I love in this song is he's singing out to his beloved. And he said, you know, we're, we're far away from each other. But even though, you know, I'm here in Mazzara and you're in, um, you're far away in another town. He goes, but we'll make love long distance. <laughs> Before anybody could FaceTime or anything like that. He said, but, you know, I'm, you know, he's singing to her long distance. So. That's so beautiful. That's so real man well let's hear it this is tira maridu oh my gosh it means little mule like mulu but in dialect like a little mule little so he's going with one part of the song he's going up the hill so he's saying come on <laughs> ah, and i love the album art on this one too so this is by michelle Mussolino. i hope you guys enjoy
That was Tira Miredu by Michela Mussolino, a Sicilian traditional Sicilian folk song about a mule cart driver singing to his long distance lover. I love that. <laughs> um, so I, one instrument that stood out in that, we talked a little bit about this right before we hopped on, um, is tambourine. Or is there a Sicilian name for it? Oh, the tamburro. Tamburro. And if it's a small one, it would be tamburello. Tamburello. And I see, I've seen on, in photos online, you also play. Mm-hmm. Is that you on the track? Yes, that's me. Oh my gosh, so cool. So tell me about that instrument and like its kind of evolution in Sicily. It's, um, it's typical of Sicilian folk music. It's, it's actually typical throughout Southern Italy, um, especially in Sicily. And it is, you know, it's an instrument you know, frame drum with skin on it, boat skin on it, one of the oldest percussive instruments. Um, going back to the pastoral, you know, the pastoral, the pastoral tradition shepherds, but it was actually a tradition for women. Women primarily used to drum. It was, and it came from religious rituals. Uh, so you had a lot of, um, like the nymphs or, or the priestesses kind of thing, uh, the women that would drive the religious rituals and they would play the drums. And um, in fact, I'm actually, I'm reading a book about it that a friend of mine wrote, it's called the Sacro al Feminile. And it talks about this tradition of the women in the rituals and the music in Sicily. And it's interesting because, um, to, what is it, uh, Timaeus, what's his name? He even wrote about in the histories, he wrote about that there were these all night festivals and these, these celebrations where women would drum and dance and sing and there would be wine involved. Um, and sounds very Catholic. <laughs> well, even like there's certain feast days and stuff where they have, we're talked about where there's feast days where they have these special songs they sing. And it was always the women drumming and the women had a specific style of drumming up until recently too. What you have now, you have a lot of virtuosos playing. A lot of male have, men have come along and drum and they're virtuosos. And again, I'm going to mention my friend Michele Piccione, who is one of the best frame drum players in Sicily in the world and he's like you know he's like we men he goes we have to make all kinds of new kinds of styles of drumming and stuff and we got to like show up he said but the women are the ones they have a very distinct style that comes very natural from motion he goes and they're the ones that used to drive really all the rituals and traditions he goes he goes women don't have to prove anything he goes he goes we guys he said we do that because we have to prove things he said but women don't need to prove anything and I thought that was really very respectful of how he, he looks at it, you know, his, his worldview of it. Um, but it's, uh, uh, again, it's very, very particular to this music because the, with the drum, you can make so many different sounds. And of course, of course, you keep the rhythm. So the drum is basic to this music. You can just pretty much have just voice and drum and you have a celebration. Yeah, no kidding. That's so interesting that the women drove the religious ceremonies because I feel like in and one tradition that's coming to mind is like in um Yoruba or like kind of the Brazil Afro-Brazilian traditions and how there's drummers uh and I guess and I actually don't know maybe some of them are women but I always associate thought of them as a male as a male role so that's super interesting that it well, was well even mm-hmm. there's a tradition in Sicily where um one of the first things a, a girl would buy or a young lady a young woman would buy for her house when she gets when she's betrothed would be a drum what? And you hang, you hang on the wall because having a drum in the house makes the spirits that live in the house very happy. It pleases them. Mm-hmm. So you should just have a little, so the women played. And, they, and, and it's really cool because if you look at, you know, sometimes you can find some of these like archival films, even videos like recent in, up in modern times mm-hmm. where there are these celebrations in the family and you see the women are, are drumming and it's like a handmade drum or it's a festival and they have a handmade drum. And it's beautiful to see that it hasn't, hasn't died off yet it's still there and and of course now um we have these young, wonderful young people studying the drum and and becoming and, and like they're in their 20s and there's amazing virtuosity on on the drums and it's fantastic and you know all throughout sicily there they have like um folk music camps now so they the kids go away for like a uh, it's like a festival all weekend hearing all these amazing folk musicians and studying with them so when they're in their like 20s they can do stuff that you know it took us decades to learn and they got it already. And it's oh, amazing. sure. Amazing. Kids are like sponges. They just yeah. pick it right up. 
Um, that is so, so fascinating. Well, what, what was it like, um, being kind of, I mean, you raised the granddaughter of Sicilian immigrants and what was it like kind of being one foot in America and then and now in the South and then one foot in Sicily, like music. You kind of, you mm-hmm. fit in everywhere. Mm-hmm. You fit there, but you don't. There's mm-hmm. always, a piece, always a piece of you that wants to be somewhere else. <laughs> There's always something you understand things, but you don't. Um, and I used to think when I was younger, when I was, especially when I was a kid, I used to feel like I was so different and so unique and so alone and nobody, you know, I don't fit in. I, I want to be over there. I kind of fit in when I'm over there, but I really don't. I kind of fit in here, but I really don't. But we have a different culture. It's not one, not one or the other. Um, who, you know, who am I? What? And I found that this is very typical of anybody that's connected to immigration, whether you're a recent immigrant, a modern immigrant, or whether you have it generations ago. But what I really found out, to be honest with you, Grace, as I got older and just bumping into people and getting to know people, I kind of find out that not fitting in and looking for your tribe, it's kind of like the human condition. Totally. <laughs> We're all kind of going through this. And it's like, wow, you know, maybe I'm not that special. I'm not that different. Um, so that kind that put things in perspective in a way that I could enjoy it so much more. And there wasn't so much ag- aggravation and angst and sorrow. It was like, a, now it became a very happy thing. Like, you know what? I can, I can straddle two different worlds. I can fit in here and I can't fit. And there's enough that's different that it's like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to fit in totally either. Totally. Um, you can pick the so best from both and then make your own. <laughs> take what you want and leave the rest, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, and like I said, it was really cool when I, when I started to understand that, you know, most of humanity spends their time trying to find their tribe. That's what we're all just trying to find our tribe, right? So most of humanity doesn't fit in. And it, uh, it kind of puts things in perspective. But it also gave me a, uh, a better understanding and a broader enjoyment now of what I do. And it's like, you know what? This is beautiful that it's two worlds or three worlds even. Because um, like I said, there's this hybrid culture that it's, it's not just a mix of the, the two worlds crashing, but it's also... Um, the unique thing about Italian American culture, there's, there was a lot in it. I don't know how much I could say today, but there are still things we've held on to. There are things that the Italian American held on to that the Italians left behind in Italy. Whether it's, it, it could be um, forms of the language, the dialects, it could be traditions, it could be cultural mores, moral mores, religious traditions, um, ways of think, patterns of thinking. It's fascinating to see that, you know. Uh, like I remember um, being in Italy when my do- when I was pregnant with my daughter, and she's all grown up now. But I remember being there, and a distant cousin was there, and he would, the, my my cousins and sister were laughing at him because he was a young kid, but he was like he's talking like the old people. They just, the old people don't even talk like that anymore. You know, he's speaking a dialect like they don't, they haven't spoken a dialect in like fifty years. Like what the heck's going on? We're, but things have been preserved here, um, mm. so it's it's almost like time travel and it's great for it's it's great because like i'm a history geek like i love that stuff so you you can see how things develop and you can just like it's like living through history that you're in this almost like a time capsule so you can kind of figure out things that's so cool that's surprising to hear that um that it's like you're saying i'm hearing correctly like in american and italian american culture there are parts of Italian culture that's maybe modern Italians have kind of left aside that are resurfacing. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, So have you, well, I'm like torn. Maybe we'll go into one more song and then I have a a few more questions. Um, What is this one? The Tila Fasciti? Tila Fasciti means I make for you. I make it for you. Um, It's another filastrocca, which is a nursery rhyme. And a lot of folk songs are from like little sing-song nursery rhymes because people would just sing for any occasion and sing throughout the day. And some of these became enmeshed, enmeshed in the culture. Um, and this is a sweet one. I love this one. It's um, it says, um, I made a beautiful silk dress for you to get married in because my sister, she doesn't want to get married to anybody. So you can have this dress. <laughs> but then it's like saying at the end, like, you know, I'm, I'm lovesick, you know, I, um, I can't be cured of this this love sick that I have. It's uh, sometimes these nursery rhymes are just like a whole bunch of ideas around the theme that just like stick together, and because they 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 work melodically together, 
they've been they've been put together and they they're associated that way. Huh. So Tilafa, I made this for you. I made this dress for you. Beautiful. Here we go. that one it's so rhythmic it's heavy on the drum that's it <laughs> it's fun um makes me kind of want to dance i was like <laughs> that's what we're trying to do that's the whole point <laughs> and it works. yeah um so so with you know we have a couple minutes left here and i definitely want to play the last song that we almost heard a little bit of um before we we head out but i am wondering have you heard or found any similarities between Sicilian folk music and then maybe some of the folk music down there in, ten- in Tennessee and in Memphis? Yeah, um, definitely. Um, especially when you get to the blues. And interesting thing, that song, Tila Fascisti, that was taught to me by a dear friend of mine uh, from Sicily, Angelo Morabito, who went from Sicilian folk music into playing the blues, and that's his thing, is the blues. And he was the first one to actually show me the connection. And it's not just um, the uh, the idea, like the rhythm. Like the, the, there's this idea too that the tarantella is really like the blue shuffle, as far as rhythmically. Um, that but, rhythm that was just in that last one. Yeah, the tarantella. They said there, there's like if you put that, you can put that into a blue shuffle. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. But the hear about some of these songs, you know what what the lyrics are saying. It's the blues, and if we do the next song. You'll hear that because it's uh, it's not sung in a bluesy way, but the 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 idea behind it is this love that just is not happening. It's not, and all he all he wants just is consumed by desire. It's this mm. um, desire that can never be quenched, you know. Um, so there's a lot of that emotion that's mm. very simple. Um, and I'm like I said, I'm just I'm starting to really now like explore more, and I want to get more into this blues exploration and see how we can combine those songs. Oh. That's going to be awesome. I sense a new album, maybe <laughs> project. <laughs> um, well, let's dive into that one. So um, this one, I definitely am going to just pass on along. <laughs> and it really it translates to if only God would make me a beautiful fish. And why is that called that? Because this whole idea of the song is this man is so in love with this woman mm. that the only way he get close to her is if God would turn him into if only God would turn him into a little fish. He could get fished out of the ocean. She would buy him in the market and cook him in a pan and eat him. And then he would be next to her heart. Wow. That's <laughs> deep. All this, this desire that he just wants to be that he loves. And the only way he can do it is only God would make him a beautiful, fine fish. He could do it. That is so interesting. Always the Italians finding a way to weave together food I, and love. <laughs> yeah. And love and desire. Ooh, right. We got it. Got it. All right. Well, here it is, guys. 
That was really beautiful. 
more solemn, a little solemn, more solemn than the other two. Um, what was that instrument that almost sounded like a boing sound? Called uh, maranzano, or uh, it's a juice harp, a jaws harp, uh, mouth harp. Um, oh, yeah. And that, just about every culture in the world, that instrument or a form of it, another early percussive instrument, and that's very prevalent in Sicilian music as well. So um, cool. Never heard it before, but I really like it, that. Um, in some parts of Sicily, they call it in, in uh, like the Madonia in the mountains outside of Palermo, the Madonia, you know, like Polizzi Generosa, they call it Runi because it, it means like it's like a dialect word for your teeth, like it's banging against your teeth. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that if you're playing it, especially. Um, so interesting. Well, this has been such a pleasure. We are nearing our the end of our hour here, and um, you know, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Ohm Radio. If you're listening on Spotify or another podcast platform, thank you for following and listening to Travel Notes. This has been um, a conversation and featuring the music of Sicilian folk artist Michela Mussolino. Uh, Michela, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. I can't believe it's done already. <laughs> I know. It really flies. It's crazy how fast um, it goes by. Uh, where can people find you online, find out where you're going to be performing, all that good stuff? Best place is always come right to my website, michelamuzzolino.com, and I put all my uh, shows up. I'm going to be um, uh, next month, early next month, I'm going to be in McHenry, Maryland at Moonshadow. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, we're going to be at the, with my band Rosa Tatuata, we're going to be at the West Virginia Italian uh, Heritage Festival on Labor Day, Labor Day weekend. So, so cool. we're looking forward to that. It's going to be our third trip coming back there we, it's in Clarksburg West Virginia and it's so much fun so come out to that um, then in September I'm going to be doing another annual residency in North Carolina I'll be at the um, Raleigh Fest Italiana I'll be at uh, RA Fountain which I can't wait to go there in Fountain North Carolina and uh, we'll be at Tosco we're going to do a Tosco music party we're going to be at their international festival for the Tosco music party uh, October I'll be up in New York City I got some surprise guests going to be joining me um, and then I have uh, got to get back down to Memphis after that because I have to start promoting my upcoming album. I had a Christmas album coming out at the end of this year, and I'm so excited. It's uh, all these beautiful folk songs for Christmas, these Sicilian and Southern Italian folk songs, mm. mashed up with Memphis music traditions, and it's awesome. It sounds amazing. That sounds, I will definitely be looking into that. Um, I also think as a uh, gift, like Christmas gift for maybe my grandma or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love it. It's so it's so much fun. We had so much fun doing it. It was a big surprise. It's something I've always wanted to do, but I didn't expect that we we're going to do it this year. And we started working on it back in um, the end of last year, right after Christmas. We just like jumped into the studio, and we just uh, we're just, um, I'm waiting now for the actual physical CDs. And oh I think, yeah. Uh, I'm making a big pest out of myself to the the manufacturer, and they're probably going to like send me flowers when it's all done. Like, please don't ever come to us again. <laughs> But, you know, you gotta, you, you're an artist, so you know how you have a vision, you know, <laughs> I totally understand that. <laughs> um, well, that is exciting. So Christmas album. And then are you allowed to talk about what album is this? You have something coming out now too, right? That's this, that's this one, the Christmas album that's coming out. Oh, it is coming out. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, that makes um, sense. Cause you're waiting for the CDs. I yes. Guess, I thought it was going to be officially November, but I think it's going to start leaking out like September, October. So that again, too. You follow, always follow me on social media, but my website is where it's everything is. Everything. I, put, I put stuff on my website too. Like when you buy an album, sometimes I put like the lyrics on the website. So you can only refer to that. It's easier to reach me on my website, but I'm on, I'm on Instagram, Michaela Mussolino. I'm on Facebook. Um, believe it or not, they're trying to push me to get onto TikTok and that's like not my <gasps> Oh my gosh. Order on that thing. It's not my thing. But I'm on Spotify. You can always hear my music on Spotify, too. That's right. We were listening actually today off Spotify. And you can check out, yeah, there's so much good music on there. And you can see the album art and all that good stuff. So, well, thank you again. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Oh, my pleasure. And um, I'll be in touch. And um, thank you guys again for tuning in to Travel Notes. And don't get too comfy because our next trip is just around the corner. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Ciao. Ciao.